The first time I ever rode a horse, I was about 16. And uh, it, well, it wasn't actually a horse, it was a pony. It was about four feet tall at its shoulders. And my friend Ruth let me have a go riding it on Chorleywood Common, which was essentially just a vast field. And she told me the basic controls of how to start and then how to steer, how to stop. And as we began to take our first few tentative steps, suddenly, from left field, came two horses galloping across the common. Oh no, Ruth said, hang on tight, it's going to go with them. And my guy reared up on his hind legs and then took off at a gallop, trying to catch up with these two galloping horses. And all the tips that Ruth had given me on, on how to steer, how to stop, had no effect whatsoever. And so I just hung on for dear life until eventually he gave up the chase and came to a halt. Now, I, I was just too terrified to even start him again. So I just held on. like, please don't move. Please don't move. And we waited quite a long time for Ruth to be able to come then and retrieve me. I didn't go near a horse for many years, figuring actually that motorcycling was going to be more my thing, where I know what an accelerator does. I know where the brakes are. The machine obeys me as the one in control. Some years later, I, I rode a couple of times, including trekking at centre parks, uh, with most of the other riders being children around me. Uh, but really, for a few decades, I didn't go near a horse until last summer, uh, when I met Mickey. So let me introduce you to him. He is owned by Nick, a friend of mine in the church. And Mickey is 18 hands tall. That's, that's big. That's six feet from the ground to just behind his shoulders. And Nick describes him as over half a ton of muscle. Unlike the little pony that I had ridden 43 years previously, Mickey is extremely powerful. He could, he could bolt and smash through the paddock fence and, and gallop at probably over 30 miles an hour for a couple of miles. An absolutely magnificent animal. In order to get onto such a large horse, one has to use a very tall set of steps. And then with a bit of expert tuition from Nick, within the hour I was walking and then actually trotting around this training arena. And what struck me so profoundly was the reality that I was perched on top of this incredibly powerful animal who knew full well that I was an absolute novice and he could have elected to do whatever he wanted. And yet he was so gentle with me. When I got confused and I pulled the left rein and squeezed with my right leg, I can't remember exactly, he didn't get upset. He just assumed I wanted to turn left, you know, and gently did so. Who was the one in control? Well, it depends how you measure that. You know, it was me giving the input of where I wanted to go, but it was Mickey who had the power to do really exactly what he wanted, but was choosing to withhold asserting his will as he patiently carried me along. Today we're continuing our series on living a fruitful life in which we are looking at the fruit of the Spirit which the Apostle Paul lists in Galatians chapter 5 where he writes this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control and today we're going to have a look together at gentleness. Think for a moment uh, through history. Who do you reckon was the most powerful person as you look at all the various people through history? Some extraordinary figure, maybe like Augustus Caesar, who was the emperor of the Roman Empire when Jesus was born. During his 40-year reign, the size of his empire grew, adding territories in Europe and Asia Minor and securing alliances that gave him effective 
rule from Britain right across to India. Or maybe Genghis Khan, the military leader who in the 13th century founded the Mongol Empire, which covered over 9 million square miles, thought to be the biggest empire of all time. Or maybe you think of someone like the 14th century West African ruler, Mansa Musa, who was thought by some to be the richest person ever to have lived, with a personal fortune of the equivalent of over £300 billion. Butch Ware, Associate Professor of History, said of him, Contemporary accounts of Musa's wealth are so breathless that it's almost impossible to get a sense of just how wealthy and powerful he truly was. Or take maybe a more up-to-date example, Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, who last month Apparently his fortune increased by an additional £10 billion in a single day. That's nearly 30 times the Queen's £350 million fortune in one day. And it takes his personal wealth to £147 billion. And he is, through his company, influencing the shopping habits, really, of the world. Last year, the company delivered 3.5 million packages. That's, well, on average, it is one for every two humans on the planet And with the increased use of Amazon because of lockdown, the number in 2020 is likely to be significantly higher. Whoever you were thinking of as the most powerful person in history, let me just ask you this. Sure, they were powerful, but were they powerful enough to raise dead people back to life, be obeyed by the wind and the waves, heal every disease and sickness, multiply fish, and bread? Well, the easy answer is no, unless, as of course some of you were, you were thinking of the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus was evidently the most powerful person in the whole of history, and he described himself this way in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. When he rode into Jerusalem a few days before his crucifixion, he didn't ride in on a huge horse, a war horse, something the size of Mickey, but he fulfilled an Old Testament prophecy about him that we find in Matthew chapter um, 21. See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey. Gentleness is is sometimes seen as weakness in our culture. We, we're, we're encouraged not to let other people like walk over us. But, but gentleness is not weakness. It is not the opposite of power, not the opposite of strength, but rather it is power under control, restraining from expressing the power that one might have. Some translations of the Galatian passage listing the fruit of the Spirit use the word meekness in place of gentleness. And you may have heard that little phrase, gentle Jesus, meek and mild, uh, from an old 18th century hymn. And it seems to paint a picture of of, uh, Jesus as uh, maybe rather weak, rather passive. Ah, you know, baby Jesus, he's gentle, he's meek. But he's certainly not weak. He is described as the lion of the tribe of Judah. The awesome description that the Apostle John gives in uh, the first chapter of the book of Revelation includes Jesus having eyes that blaze like fire and a voice like the sound 
of rushing waters. And yet Jesus was gentle and meek. In fact, that Greek word used in, uh, in Galatians 5, protas, which is translated meekness or gentleness, has a very specific meaning. In fact, to Paul's readers, they would have understood it to mean power under control, conjuring up for them a picture of a wild horse which has been tamed. Meekness, like gentleness, is power or strength under control. And we see this in the many interactions between Jesus and those he encountered. Some of you will be familiar with the stories like of Jesus meeting a woman at a well or the terrified woman caught committing adultery. And both women had done wrong and Jesus didn't shy away from that. But rather than being in any way harsh with them, he was incredibly gentle. Or think of the time that Martha was busying herself with household tasks and became frustrated with her sister Mary for just sitting at Jesus's feet. And Jesus could legitimately have become irritated with Martha's demands for him to tell Mary to get with her in the kitchen, but instead responds to her with an affectionately gentle, Martha, Martha. He uses a gentle tone and her name twice as a term of endearment. When the disciples were chastising blind Bartimaeus, who was shouting for Jesus' attention, he welcomed him and asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Probably in another tone, what do you want me to do for you? And then he healed him. And when the disciples were rebuking parents who were bringing their children to Jesus, Jesus said, no, let the little children come to me. You know, I can imagine them jumping on his knee and tugging at his clothing and him smiling and blessing them. And then rather than condemning or accusing those that the religious leaders at the time would have described as sinners, he was often found celebrating with them at their parties. The writer Dane Ortland said this of his gentleness. The posture that is most natural to Jesus is not a pointing finger, but open arms. The point in saying that Jesus is lowly is that he is accessible. For all his resplendent glory and dazzling holiness, his supreme uniqueness and otherness, no one in human history has ever been more approachable than Jesus. And then ultimately, of course, Jesus restrained his awesome power to become the suffering servant. He put aside his right to rule, his right to defend himself, and he allowed those that he had created to crucify him. That is truly power under control. The list of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians there actually describes Jesus. And as we grow uh, in them, we cooperate with the Holy Spirit in forming us to become more like him. This is what Paul wrote to the Philippian church in modern day Greece. This is Philippians 4 and verse 5. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And he wrote this to Titus, who was a pastor over the churches on the island of Crete, Titus 3 and verse 2. Remind the people always to be gentle towards everyone. Always to be gentle towards everyone. Well, everyone, you know, what about people who don't deserve to be treated gently? Well, yes, he's saying even these people. A follower of Jesus is always to be gentler than what would uh, come naturally without the Holy Spirit filling them and these fruits in their lives. But it's important to note that being gentle doesn't mean that we can't be assertive 
you know. Sometimes we should be. There are times when we need to be strong in resisting someone who perhaps is abusive to us or to someone else. But it's how we express that strength which is key. Assertiveness, you see, assertiveness is very different from aggressiveness. Being under control means responding as far as possible in a calm way rather than escalating the conflict. If we look to the wisdom of the book of Proverbs in chapter 15 and verse 1, it says this, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So in a conflict situation, we need to respond, but, but, but do so with gentleness. And that diffuses the uh, conflict rather than escalating it. Of course, this is sometimes hard. And interestingly, one of the meanings of that Greek word, protas, translated gentleness, is to be afflicted. In gentleness, there is a willingness to suffer. For instance, in a conflict situation, rather than being a mirror and responding in kind, we might bear the pain, we might absorb some of the blows without retaliating. Rather like Jesus. Some of you will recognise this man. His name is Patrick Hutchinson and he's a personal trainer. He's highly skilled in martial arts. He's very strong and a potentially formidable opponent in a fight. Very capable of protecting himself and those he cares about. He was on the BBC News last week, you may have seen it. He's on the front cover of the magazine Men's Health, which came out this week. Why? Because of something which happened on the 13th of June. He went to the Black Lives Matter protest in London, aware that there was the possibility that with potential opposing groups turning out, things could turn violent. And they did. There were clashes with counter-protesters. And in one altercation, one of those alleged to have been opposing the peaceful process himself was actually being beaten up. And Patrick spotted what was happening. And fearing for the man's life, he rushed in, he picked the man up, carrying him to safety. Patrick had the power, the strength, the fighting skills to retaliate against the counter-protesters as some of the crowd were doing. But what he did so profoundly illustrates, doesn't it? Strength under control. This gentle giant didn't treat this man who was apparently attacking members of his community harshly. He chose a different path. Gentleness. Gentleness is also expressed in the way we handle things which are precious to us. Uh, my oldest son, daughter-in-law and grandson, who've been living with us since March, they move house this week. And during lockdown, they sold their house, they bought another, and so everything they own has to now go into a very large van. And some things like their farmhouse table are really strong and sturdy. They can be treated with less care than other items. Uh, some things are just not very valuable, so they can be thrown in boxes without much care. And if they get lost in the move, then it really doesn't matter. But one item which they will be especially careful with is Lizzie's little box of treasured memories. In it, she keeps uh, things which are precious, really, to her over the years. So she's got photo booth pictures and, and ticket stubs from gigs from their early days together. The champagne cork from the day they got engaged, another from their wedding day. They've got in their airline tickets from their honeymoon, restaurant receipts and uh, you know, from special dates and anniversaries, baby scan pictures and the bracelet from when their son was born, the little bracelet tag. 
That box is now packed inside a larger box and it'll be treated with care and respect as the van is loaded and unloaded. We're familiar with this label, which you can buy to stick on uh, your moving boxes. It says, handle with care. And the picture there is of two hands holding a box. As I was just searching for this image, um, I came across a similar one where the box is actually replaced by a heart, which struck me really as rather poignant. Handling precious items is one thing, but so much more important is how we handle people. With our words and our attitudes, we can either wound people's hearts or with our gentleness, we can protect them. Jesus treats people gently because he knows how precious they are. And as his followers, we are encouraged to do the same. In the opening talk of the series, we saw how people reap what they sow. When we live according to God's ways, then we reap the fruit of the Spirit. And when we live according to our own ways, independent from God, we experience things like are listed for us in Galatians chapter 5. Things like hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, dissensions, factions, and so on. And, and no one really, if they stop to think about it, wants to live a life with that sort of stuff going on. The fruit of the Spirit, including gentleness, is both better for us and it's better for those around us. Gentleness is a lovely fruit to grow in, and not just for us, but for others around us. Some of us might be more gentle naturally by, by natural temperament, but I believe there's an invitation today for all of us to take steps in a positive direction by making a deliberate choice to be gentle. But most importantly, as I said in the first talk of the series, by sowing in our relationship with God, finding ways to connect and walk more closely with him, which enables the fruit that we want to see grow in our lives to grow. When you're in a situation when you are tempted to respond in a way that isn't gentle, perhaps you might recall this picture of Mickey. Strength, power under control. And as we close, let me ask you the question, who might God be inviting you to be gentle with this week? Perhaps by being warm towards someone who others are rejecting. Uh, restraining your strength out of care for someone. Being approachable. Not entering into an argument, but using a soft tone to calm tempers. Uh, being willing to put others' needs before your own. Or perhaps simply... As the label said, handling others with care.